Our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Yeah, I mean, his shenanigans are cruel and tragic. Which makes them not shenanigans at all, really. Evil shenanigans. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. You mean shenanigans? No! Oh. Oh. shenanigans, right? Everything should be golden. Okay. Golden like a Mexican donkey? Yeah. I was telling Jesse how you can't trust Mexican donkeys down there because they rape you. Down where? Mexico. Yeah, and then I said, no, that's not rape. That girl gets paid. <laughs> I can't believe they get paid to do that. That's a big honker. I know, and I can't believe we don't get paid to say, welcome to Punk Ass and Random Heroes Cheeky Shenanigans. Cheeky, cheeky, cheeky. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Y'all. <laughs> y'all. I am Jesse, also known as Random Hero. I am Nick, a.k.a. Nuamo Comciata Punkass. Don't know what that is. Just made it up. <laughs> or you could just say Mayamo Punkass. Mayamo Pinocha Punkass. You're going to have to know Mayamo Punkass when you go to Mexico. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Donada. Donada. Yeah. Cerveza. Tonquila. Donada. So this might be a salty podcast because we've both just been, I mean, it's been weeks, if not months of this now, where we've just both been in these weird spirals with our various significant others and just trying to make sense of it all. And the one PSA I want to make right off the bat, PSA, because I don't normally generalize women, but between Nick, myself and our good buddy, Aaron, it just feels like sometimes you want to ask the women to stop being so crazy. I well, yeah. Every every girl's crazy. I just think our situations. Well, oh. we're we're crazy too. Men are crazy too. I'm definitely gonna say that. Yeah, I'm a I Gemini. Know. I'm a Gemini for one. Uh, yeah. Obviously, apparently, all Gemini's are crazy. Side You're also an irrational idiot for believing that that has anything. To I do think with it your does have anything. I think it does. I think it does. No. I know you don't believe in it. No, I don't. I, I'm just I'm agnostic about it, like religion. You can't be agnostic about. <laughs> I can be agnostic zodiacs. about anything. Like uh, butterflies, do they really exist? Who knows? You've they, seen them. They could be moths. <laughs> <laughs> That's called ignorance, not agnosticism. <sighs> Wouldn't it be called ignuance? What? What? Why would it be ignuance? I don't know. Just coming up with words. Can you not pronounce your owls? Can you pronounce it? Can you do? Ignorance. Can you roll your eyes? No. <laughs> no, I can't. I can make like a machine gun noise, like that's it. Huh? That's you, it. Can, you can make yeah. a machine, and it's not even a real machine gun. It's like it's like a video game machine. Yeah, gun. it's like a machine me. airsoft gun. But anyway, so we're we're just kind of salty guys right now, and uh, extra salt. And don't get me wrong, like it has nothing to do with not loving them. In fact, sometimes it just feels like. It's more on our side than theirs. You know, you know, what exactly is a good right relationship? Does anybody know anymore? I don't. Everybody has their own like philosophy types of like what a good relationship should be, right? Yeah. But nobody ever seems to connect together. Everyone has their own opinions and what thinks is right and wrong or what boundaries not to cross. See, my thing is communication. That's the number one. If, if there's good communication through anything... It feels like you could work through it. Well, yeah, you can have awesome communication, but that doesn't mean the other person's still going to feel validated or, or like the problem solved. They might just be like, okay, we're communicating this very well. I'm just going to back down. So we will be good. Right. And I get that. But my thing is like, at least if you're communicating it well, even if it's harder to work through it than other couples, if you're communicating it well, you at least understand when there's a problem. My thing is, like, I don't always know when there's a problem, and sometimes I think there's one when there's not, just based on, you know, treatment or messages or whatever else. And don't get me wrong, text messages can be taken way out of context. Yeah, you have no yeah. vocal... There's no emotions to text yeah. messages. I've already dealt with this. But you can I... still say things, like, you say things in text messages when things are going well that you don't when they're not, you know? Like, in in a good week... It's easier to say, I love you a lot, or, hey, I've missed you the last couple of days, or something like that. And you'll hear that and say that frequently. When there's a problem, that stuff's the first to go away. Yes, yes, it is. And then that's when I start to feel like, hey, something's changed. There must be a problem. And then to hear, no, it's all in your head, 
it's 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 frustrating because you know I've always tried to be really honest about things, even when I knew that it might cause a problem. Well, yeah, you you are right because there has been times in the past in relationships where. You're like all goody goody, and you're like, "Oh, I love you, right?" Yeah, yeah. And then like the next day, she'll be like, "Oh, I love you, I miss you, blah blah." blah. And then like next right. week, you expect that, and you don't get and nothing, it's gone. and it's gone. So then, yeah. what are you supposed to think? Everything is good. It doesn't seem like that because everything was awesome last week. Yeah. But now we're not doing the same thing that we were last week. And that's that's the real key to the issue, I think, is the phrase, "What are you supposed to think?" Mm-hmm. Because you know whether or not you intend something a certain way. If it's laid out and you go, wow, what am I supposed to think about this? That that clearly means that there is a lack of communication. Let's just let's just make this a relationship episode. Fine, fuck that, it. Yeah, this would be a good one. <laughs> and I mean, nobody knows my girlfriend, which is kind of by her design at this point because of all the shit going on in her life, which I understand. But it, it's difficult when you already know you can't see someone very often and like texts and occasional phone calls are all that you've got. Yeah. And then when the tone of those changes and you don't hear the I love you's, you don't hear the I miss you's, you don't hear the occasional compliments or whatever, like it's okay if there's a problem even. It's just not okay if both people don't know about it. Yeah, it, it gets tough. And then you always think if you don't know, if there is a problem, right? I'm bad at that. I yeah. always feel something or I'm always Call her like, a dick. Yeah. <laughs> I'll call her a dick and hang up the phone. Um, I just, I don't want to talk about the problems cause I feel like sometimes what I think about, it's like barely small. Right. Yeah. So then I'm like, fuck it. I'll let it go. Right. And, but, but then, then it builds, it builds, but then I'm like, okay, I just let that go. And then like on the other side, if there's like some small little problem, right. And she'll want to talk about it. Right. So then when that happens, I'm like, well, if this is a big deal to you, I'll now fucking... Now I'm going to bring up this now, stuff. And then that's not the right move because you should right. have talked about that a week ago when... Or you was... should have genuinely let it go. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> These are like tough sh- shit. I think that does happen in daily relationships. I don't think it it's does. just us. No, 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 absolutely not. I'm not saying that anything we're going through is unique, although I think that there's circumstances in both of our situations that definitely make it unique. Yeah. Um... But, I mean, there's challenges in all relationships that even if you're able to see them every day and talk to them all the time and things seem great, there's still there's still something going on that's either going to be a problem or is a problem that's being ignored. And people yes. are so quick to ignore their problems when just a quick conversation about it, even a negative one at a time, can be a positive because then you get to work through it. Yeah, I don't want to bring up problems because then I don't want to have an argument, right? I don't want to have an argument and then I'm like, fuck. So you're non-confrontational. I don't like, I don't like it. I don't like it at all, right? Is that because you got spanked as a child? No, I didn't get spanked, dude. I got away with everything almost. But You know what? Really quick, I read something that says that nowadays more adults are getting spanked than children. Yeah, that's probably... (laughs) Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Um, No, I lost my thought. But, oh, because I just... I, I, I don't want there to be any like a- animosity, right? I would right. just I want the relationship to be good. So I just hold all my shit in. So I'm like, okay, we can have this perfect relationship. But then when it triggers out of me when they want to talk about their problems, right? Yeah. Because girls like to talk and they want to fix their issues. Yeah, Men, yeah. on the other hand, I think bottle their shit in and they're like, oh, fuck it. Who cares? And, and then unfortunately, that's been the opposite of my relationship. But keep going. Okay. But I. <sighs> I don't know, man. Just relationships are hard and they're tough. Sometimes I just... They are, but let's get real on this because one thing people connect with when they watch a podcast or a YouTube show or whatever is they connect with the genuine stuff. So we're going to get real on this. You know, I did that Dan Simber stream back in December and... There oh, that's was a... the one he cheated on me again. <laughs> that's two times. No, now. that wasn't a podcast. That was a fundraiser oh it's a fundraiser (laughs) one thing that was cool about it i normally would do the engineering stuff you know the video and the stream stuff yeah and at about 4 a.m everyone else had gone to bed and i was manning the stream solo and the the people watching wanted me to come on and talk to them so i did and the thing was i i decided on 100 honesty and so i went up there and i talked about everything from my parents divorces to past Mm -hmm. abuse to everything yeah and people really connected with that. And I, I think that on this show, we've done a great job of being 95% honest. 
you know, there's one or two things we won't bring up or, you know, we may not want to throw a specific of person honesty, under the bus. I'm not really racist, okay, damn it. I just think racism's funny. I, 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 <laughs> that sounds pretty racist that's to not, me. <laughs> it's not racist, though. It's just like fucking making racist jokes. I, I, it, it's funny to laugh about because it's just so, like, ironic of this day and age, people can still be racist with blacks, Mexicans, Jews. No, I agree. You know, and, I mean, I'm not above telling racial jokes. I think that there is a time and place for them. And that's why I'm excited to see you get up and do stand up because that's one area. Side sidetrack side off this relationship issue. I, I wanted to get your thought on the joke I've been writing about a sandlot, right? You know okay. how in the sandlot, when you own a pair of the PF flyers, it makes you run faster and jump higher ball to, yeah. to outrun the dock. Yeah. I wanted to write it out to where. How come black people haven't figured out these pair of shoes yet and start buying them so then they can outrun cops? You see what I'm saying? Now, that would be a perfect premise for probably some famous comedian. But when I come and do it on day one, they're going to be like, oh, you hate ninjas? You know what I mean? Ninjas. <laughs> you, you know. But You're trying to say a word that you can't say by saying ninja. Yeah. Yeah. Or I was thinking maybe say crackheads, maybe <laughs> criminals. Um, but yeah, anyways. Yeah, yeah, that might be a easier way in is by saying you know criminals or homeless or whatever you know no, okay easy if right i now. say crackheads does that relate to black people then or is this... not anymore in fact most crackheads i've met in my life have been white yeah me too i've had i've i guess if you go to california you can meet some crackheads black ones yeah Maybe, I, I mean they're racist. out there they are <laughs> um but so in the interest of that total honesty um i'm just gonna throw out one of my biggest issues in relationships because it's something that i would want people to understand about me okay as i talk about all this other stuff was it communication no 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 oh. i i think that in my 30s at least i've become a lot better at communication maybe mm. even overboard at times so yeah. i'm i try to walk that tightrope but the thing is i i have constant anxiety and i'm someone whose quote-unquote love language is words of affirmation so even if I don't get to see that person a lot, or even if they don't want to buy me presents or, you know, all those other ways that you can show affection, as long as they're saying the right things, then I'm usually fine. Oh yeah. I, I always, I always think people think saying, I love you a million times in a day is like bad, right? Some people think that they're, they they mm. always say you shouldn't, if you really love the person, you shouldn't have to remind them every day or every fucking few hours in the day i think once a day is absolutely fine i just i when i'm in the mood and just saying like i love you i it, it's really i mean it i'm just not yeah. trying to write something that you want to hear maybe i'm right. just i'm saying i mean it i love you i'm just thinking of you and i wanted you to know hey i yeah. love you, you and know? and obviously when someone says that to you and you are in love with that person it's it's almost expected that you say it back. Yeah. But I've gotten used to not hearing that back all the time. I hear it sometimes, but I know that I say it more yeah. than she's comfortable with. Well, because you're thinking about that person, maybe at that explicit time. And Dude, I'm the idiot who thinks about him all day long. I think that's why I take shit so hard is because it's always going back and forth in my head. Conversations we've just had, things that are going on always evaluating myself because the number one thing I'm afraid of in a relationship is, you know, being rejected, being left. Yeah. And in my opinion or in my experience, what, what I've grown up feeling is that when that changes and you suddenly aren't hearing those affections, that means that there's something bad coming. Right. You know, I saw my parents divorce when I was five. I saw it again when I was like 10 again, when I was like 13, I mean, my my two biological parents between them had five divorces in my lifetime. Well, that's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And so, and I've read studies that back this up, but the thing is like when you go through those kinds of traumas at those ages, it rewires you and it can make you a very socially or romantically anxious person. And you always need that validation or else you start to notice these little things that are different and you go, oh shit, I'm about to get left or oh shit, right. something's wrong. And it might be overboard to some people, but I wish that more people took time to think like, okay, if that person is always thinking about this, even though that's not my problem and they're working on it, maybe I should step up just a little bit more and reassure them yeah, so that they don't feel that way. Because like, like 
take this for example. If if I'm dating a girl, I don't like to go and hang out with women that are not her one on one. I I just don't do it. Even if it's a really good friend, I'll usually oh. mention it or something so that it's always above board. But the thing is, it's not that I think that they think I would cheat, and I know that I wouldn't. It's that I don't want them to even have to worry about that. I never want them yeah. to even think that's was, on the table. I was listening to a podcast at some point where they were talking about can a guy and a girl be like really good friends without, you know, without the other one like wanting something more, right? Yeah. And they're they're saying how I believe yes, by the way. Well, yeah, I have, you know, I don't have I used to have a lot of girlfriends that I never did anything with. Now I just like have one like one that I've known for for years, but it, it, they're saying there has to, one of them has to at least have like one sort of, of attraction of the other person from the get-go for them to want to like be friends with that person at least right that might be true so is it really truthful if if they they're friends and like they both don't want to get anything out of it or is there just one person that always wants to get something out of it and then when they know that they can't they either run away or they're just like, uh, fuck it, and then just stick around. <laughs> you, you know? No, I, I think that there is, at least in my experience, there is the capacity for that to genuinely be a good friendship. Because, like, with Sky, uh, who's done this show, she wasn't on one of the video episodes. Oh, We're going to get her back. She said she wanted to come do it. She was like, yeah. oh, it was fun. I want to come back and do it. Yeah, so we'll definitely get her back. Um, but so we met way back when I met Aaron when I was 19 and had just started working at Papa John's and she volunteered to train me and all that. Like when I, when I had gotten she hired. She was in a hairdresser back then? No, she was in school for it. And that's, that's how we I became was, I was trying to make a that. joke with her about how like, <laughs> oh, you went to community college for this degree? <laughs> <All right>. um, <clears throat> excuse me. But so when I got hired there, she pointed me out. She's like. I'm training this guy. And in my mind, I go, oh, that must mean she wants to do me. And put her hand in your pants. In her around, and in, my penis in her genital area. Yeah, yeah. Genitals. That, that's what okay. I thought. But nothing ever happened. She never brought it up. She never acted like that's what she wanted or anything. She was just being a friend. And years later, when our friendship had gotten to be good enough to where I could say something like this to her, I told her that. that yeah. I thought she must have wanted to get with me or something, which proved to be hubris because she kind of laughed about it. And she's hey, like, no. All joking no. aside, if she wanted to get with you back then, would you have done it? No. Okay. Uh, not not trying to be like mean or I'm just saying like, would you, you know? No, no. no. Okay. I, that, that was never on my mind. Yeah. But I was narcissistic enough to believe that that's why she wanted to, like, get to know me and train me I and stuff. we're all a little narcissistic. We yeah. all are. Yeah. And yeah. we're also a little bit suspicious of intention sometimes. Um, and I definitely was a lot better looking back in those days. So I mean, I, I, I believe had, it. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, so, but, you know, nothing like that ever happened with us. And years later, we talked about it, and she laughed, and she was like, no, trust me, that, that was never in the cards. I, yeah. Some girls all. are more close with guys because girls can be fucking vicious. Yeah. I've been around, like, I, I'm just, like, girls, like, they go for, like, the most dramatic out fucking drama of causing, like, the social media platforms today can ruin someone's fucking life. Yeah. If there's a bunch of girls and gang up on shit. This is fucking crazy. Yeah. Guys, sometimes if there's really like a big, big issue, you, you can just fight it out. And they're like, oh, okay. You, you know what I mean? Girls yeah. don't do that. They have to like go for the fucking throat. And so I understand how sometimes if, if she like was like, oh, look, a new buddy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's all it was. And she's turned into one of the best friends I've ever had in my lifetime. And so I, I think that it can genuinely happen. But to get back to kind of what brought that up, that that's one of my biggest issues is that I don't even quite want to call it an insecurity, although sometimes it is. Mm -hmm. It's more of a social anxiety or a romantic anxiety that makes me constantly analyzing how they're talking, not just what's being said or what's going on in our lives or how frequently I've seen them, although that can be an issue too, but it's just looking at the, the, the text, the, the content of what they're saying to me and going, Huh, these four days have been completely different from the last month and a half. Yeah, it shows something that you, feels you like a problem. Wrong. And then, yeah, and then I start to worry. And, but then 
I'm also so anxious about the relationship and my standing in it. And this is where the insecurity comes in. I start to think, well, if I bring this up and she doesn't think it's a problem, she's going to look at me like a crazy person and she's going to want to leave. Or I, I've always, I've always pictured in my head too, when you bring something up, right. And you have like in the, your gut feeling like, you know what your feelings, right. And you question them and they're like, oh shit, he figured it out. Now I'm going to fucking blow up at him. So you can be like, oh shit, I guess, you know, I guess I'm wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I always worry about being wrong because I'm not good at interpreting yeah. stuff like that. It's, it's a cruel irony that the one thing that's most important to me is the hardest thing for me to figure out. And that is the communication aspect. You know, it's fucked up. Like we'll say like your situation periodically, you know, with my situation, like I talked about earlier. Yeah. Right. And then like, you know, Aaron in the past, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, what if the tables were like turned? You know what I mean. Do you think they'd put up with us? I, that, that's I, another I, thing. I don't. I don't think they would. That, that's why I don't think it's fair. You know what I but mean. But think about this, because no matter no matter how it feels on our side, we know that there are things that we're doing or saying to them that they are feeling like this way about. Hmm. And that's that's when those big fights happen, and they they suddenly say something that comes out of left field, and you go. Why didn't you ever tell me that that bugged you or something? Yeah. That's that lack that, of that's communication. Me. That, that's me. I hold it in. I, I hold shit in. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I get what you're saying because, and that comes back to this same anxiety or insecurity as you go, well, if, if the tables were turned, they would have left by now. Yeah. Which means that in your mind, you're the one who's in this more than they are. I, I guess if you get deep down to it, that's what Th- it that's, that, what that, it, that, that, that's, that's ultimately what it, what it means. Yeah. But the thing is, that's not always true. Not always. Because you got to assume that you do things that drive them as crazy as they drive you. And yet they are still here working it out with you. And they are still taking the time to say, no, it's not like that. I've just been busy or whatever. There, there's genuine efforts being made. But because it doesn't line up with exactly what makes sense to you, it seems disingenuine. Yeah. So like, you know, I'm the type who I think, okay, well, if, if someone's really important to you, you'll text them at least, you know, once in the day and say, Hey, I'll be busy today. Sorry if we don't get to talk much, whatever. That's all I would need to be okay with not hearing from them. But to someone else, they might assume that they can just go off and do something all day and then come back later and explain. And it should be just as good. Not always. It doesn't feel like it, but in their mind, that might be perfectly acceptable, and it doesn't ha- necessarily mean anything that they did it that way. But to people like us who think the, along the other lines, that's like, oh, wow, well, I must not mean a whole lot to you if you can't even give me a heads up on that or something. Yeah, I'm like you. I like hearing little, like, oh, like, I miss yous, or yeah. I love you today. Yeah, blah, yeah. Blah. Kissy face, kissy face. I like doing that, right? So when I don't see that, like you said, there's like an off week that doesn't happen. Yeah. That makes me think, oh, I guess our relationship's not as close as I thought. So then I... Or something happened. Or yeah, something happened. So then I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm like you. In, In the past, like maybe, I don't know how long ago, when you're with somebody... And you're like, oh, I'm in the mood to have sex, right? You're, you're in a relationship. You should be able to, like, do it whenever, right? More or less. Yeah. Because, you know, when you women want to do it, it's like, hey, let's have sex. You're like, oh, okay. Right. Let's go. And so, like, when I get rejected, when I when I want to, like, do it on my terms or when I wanted to, and they're like, ah, I'm, like, tired or I, I don't want to do it right now, which is totally fine. But then I get I get that feeling of rejection. Yeah. And I never try to make a move again because I don't want to feel it ever right, again right. because it feels bad you're supposed to be able to do that with that person and like you know not get rape allegations against you you know <laughs> well, what i mean but at the same time you know in a couple of days if she comes over and you try that again it's probably gonna be fine yeah i just but then i'm like i don't want to feel that again so i'm not going to so <laughs> then so then i'm just gonna wait for you to be like hey let's go have sex i'm like okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, all she has to do is walk up to you while you're sitting on the couch playing a board game and sit on your lap and you go, oh, you want to go upstairs? And it's like, okay. Yeah. You just go do that. And it's just, I mean, not that that just happened recently. It's but. just like different. I don't know. Do you male or female? It's just, just totally different. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, but that's why I wanted to talk about it because a lot of people talk about relationships or problems and they never get down to the cause. They only talk about the symptoms. Right. And the, the thing about what we're talking about is, you know, when, when, when you feel like you're the one who's in it more or you feel like that other person could do better than you or something, 
everything that happens, you start to go, okay, is this the moment when they wake up and realize that they can do better than me? Yeah. And it becomes this almost self-fulfilling prophecy of, of no confidence. And I don't like to not feel confident. Sometimes I fake it a lot just so that I can try to avoid things. But like that, that's what it comes down to. And then you start behaving in a way that makes them go, what's this guy's problem? I, I like shit like that. I shut down. Right. I don't, I like, I, I don't know, a couple weeks ago I shut down cause I had an issue and I was expecting, you know, the other person to come to me this time. Cause I'm the one with the issue. Usually yeah. if I knew that person had an issue, I was trying to change and be like, okay, well here, let's talk about it. Let's not text about it. Yeah. I mean, if, if I'm like at work, I'll be like, Hey, okay, well let's talk about it later since it's a serious issue. Cause you know, texting has no emotion. I hate texting so, the serious issues. I really do. So I'm trying to change cause I would just do texting all day. I don't like talking on the phone. I don't know. I've gotten weird over the years. No, I, I, I feel you. Um, unless so, it's important. So when, when I felt like I had the problem, right. And, I felt like she knew about it. I was waiting for her to come to me this time. You know what I mean? Oh, hey, I feel like something's wrong. Let's talk about it. That didn't happen. Yeah. So then I like shut down. I'm like, okay, fuck it. I'll just just leave it alone and like not say anything. And then ever since then, it's been like everything's been in limbo. Because you should have talked about it. It all comes back to communication. That's what I'm saying. But I, I, I felt like it was like a one-way street, right? Because when there's an issue, I need to bring it up. Like, if they, right. if they have an issue, let's talk about it. I bring it up, right? Yeah. When I had the issue, I wanted that person to do the same thing that I was doing. Right. But it didn't happen. You see what I'm saying? Of course. And, and then it screwed everything up. So I made a b bad decision. Yeah. Yeah. And Fuck now if me, you go right? back to talk about it, they're going <laughs> to assume that you've been dwelling on it instead of that you're just trying to get back to the source of what caused all this. Yeah. And... The other thing that is kind of a mind trap that I fall into sometimes is I start to think, okay, well, if she's okay going an entire day without texting me and then just says sorry and expects everything to be fine, maybe I'll do that to her and yeah, see how I've, she likes I've it. I've had that same, yeah, and same that, scenario. And that's a trap because then you're playing mind games. You're playing games with that person. And ultimately, what it comes down to every time for me, even if I just want to ignore it for an hour, knowing that I want to read her message and text back or something, even if I just decide, no, just give it some time. Don't talk to back to her and just, you know, think it through. Mm -hmm. Then I start to think, yeah, but that's not you. And if I'm behaving like something that's not me, then I feel like I'm going to make everything worse. It, it, like, I, like we were talking about earlier, right? Well, if you're in that moment, that situation, you think everything's going to be okay, right? But then if you have somebody on the outside looking in, they're thinking like, oh, what, what the fuck is he doing? You know what I mean? Yeah, but that person can't judge too hard because they're not in it and they don't know how long you've been in it. You don't, they don't know how, how much emotion or sweat and tears have been in this fucking little bubble and they're outside looking like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, dude? it's just like I said marriages. I don't know if marriage even exists anymore, right? Because you could just divorce it. I'm out. And yeah. then get married five fucking more times with other people. You could, but that, it, that's not the, it's not even the norm. I mean, even if divorce I is I feel like it's the norm now. That makes know? it normal, but it doesn't make it the norm. I like, mean, I've never experienced, like a lot of people, their parents have divorced, right? Mine haven't. Yeah. But it seems like the 20 something years, I, I, I don't know if they're happy anymore or they're just like, uh, we're married this long. We'll just stick to it. It'd be like a death buddy. You know what I mean? Yeah. A death buddy. But you know what? I want my death buddy. But yeah, I would too. I wouldn't want to leave because, you know, if you're like, I don't know, 60, 70 years old and you get divorced, you know, oh, okay, well, what are you going to do? Go go to the bar and the dating game? Go, go exactly. <laughs> yeah. I want Date my online, death buddy. Oldplentyoffish.com. Well, and I, I want to back up for a second because your setup to that last point was good if you know our situations, but I want to clarify for uh, everyone watching because what we're talking about are some kind of convoluted and covert things. I can't covert. say a whole lot of identification facts about my relationship because for right now, we're not able to kind of be out in the open about it. And you probably just don't want to throw her under the bus all that much, especially because it's, she listens. It's not like throwing under the bus. I just... But I, I, I'm trying to help you out here. So what I'm going to say is that what, what his last point was 
um, he was talking about someone from the outside looking in, not knowing the situation or not being able to judge. What he means by that is that, for example, I know a lot about Nick's current relationship and what's going on in it because we talk about these things to each other. And well, that's what good friends do. That's true. But (laughs) the thing is, no matter how much information he tells me, it is infinitely more complex within that relationship so even if I know 70% of the facts of a thing, I could still be completely judging it wrong or completely giving bad advice yeah. because I don't know the other 30%. And it's the same with mine. You know, there's a lot of facts about my relationship that would make some people say, you know what, dude, you should just get out. There, yeah. There's problems there. But there's so much infinite complexity beyond what I've ever been able to tell anyone or would even want to that have made my decision to stay very, very easy. And it's easy if you're hearing relationship issues, whether it's on Reddit or from your friends, it's easy to go, well, if you just simplify it and look at X, Y, and Z, you should get out. That's really easy to do, and it's natural to want to boil things down to the basics. But at the end of the day, we are creatures of infinite complexity, and life gets exciting when you're really getting to know someone, when you're really getting to know the nuances of a person, When you're still learning about them, and even in the struggle, it's still a beautiful process. It's like a flower blooming. It really is. All these different petals meaning different things. And from the outside, you can look at a flower and go, okay, it's red and it's green, and there's petals up top and there's spikes at the bottom. And you're like, hey, that shouldn't be there. Get the fuck out. Whatever it is, (laughs) it's easy to break it down to the basics. But. When you go in, you see what that flower does for the environment, what it does for local bees, what it's made of, the cellular composition of a flower, it becomes infinitely complex. And it's the same with the relationship. And so even though we're kind of airing our side of things, don't think for a second that we're necessarily even right about (laughs) all this because we're just trying to work through it in front of you guys. We're just like a normal person like you. You know what I mean? I don't know how many, there's probably a lot of people like us, you know? There in, is. in relationship wise without there uh, is and whether your struggle is that there is a an ex-husband or girlfriend think... in the picture or whether your struggle is financial or whatever it is every relationship has those struggles i don't think anywhere in this world or any given like future past time there's ever been like a 100 percent perfect relationship or no. even 90 percent not not even close maybe because 50 i don't know the best you can hope for is 50 because 50 percent is really all that you can be responsible for in a relationship yeah and the, a lot of the struggle that we're dealing with with these insecurities and other things we've talked about is that it starts to feel like you're taking on more than 50 percent in those moments and i think that's really the problem it, an issue yeah, well, well. It, it's not only an issue with effort or whatever within the relationship, but it's a mental issue where you start to go, okay, well, if I'm having to do 70% of the talking and the, the work on this relationship right now, then that's messed up and this isn't fair. Maybe true, but not everyone is going to be able to give their hundred percent to your relationship at all times. And in my opinion, what makes it good and what makes it strong is when you're able to pick up that extra 20, 30, even 50% of slack for a while because you care so much you about know, them that it's it's worth it. And all the therapists, all the fucking whatever, they say communication is key, number one. Which I fully believe. What is number two? Oh, that's a good question. That, it is. If, if communication is done and over, what's number two? Anal. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, uh, anal. If, if communication is number one... Then it, I think it wouldn't be like where would physical come in? I think like, physical would be number three because I yeah. think ego is number two. Ego, huh? Ego goes hand in hand with number one, and that's once you've discussed all of these issues and had all the communication, ego is what makes you decide what you're willing to accept and what you're not willing to accept. Mm-hmm. You know, if if your girlfriend came up to you and said, "Here's all the things I think you're doing wrong," it's gonna it's gonna hurt you to hear. And your ego's going to take over and go, well, well here's, this, this, here's, and this aren't my here, fault. Here's an issue that happened recently, right? Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. It's weird for me. I think I was just playing around, right? I went, I went to go in for a kiss. She didn't want it, but like, she's like, oh, your breast smells, which is totally fine, right? She's direct issue, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think it hurt me, but I was like, 
oh, well, your breath smells in the morning. So what's the difference? Right. So <laughs> I, I don't. And that that caused to like that, like hurt her feelings or something. That's the ego. coming. So through. that was like she thought that was like me trying to throw something back because she was honest with me. Right. Because you hurt her feeling or she hurt your feelings. See, and I, I, maybe she did deep down, but I wasn't thinking she was hurting my feelings. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe some shit we can't control. Well, but well, think, think about this. Let's boil that down. That example. Yeah. So when she says your breath stinks, I don't want to kiss you right now. And you say, even if it was jokingly like, well, yours stinks in the morning and I still kiss you. So what's the big deal? It shouldn't. I guess that shouldn't have been said at all. Actually, it could have been said, but I think it's an okay thing to say. But the communication breakdown comes when she assumes you're saying that to be defensive. I think that's when really you were probably just saying it to be like, no, it's not a big deal if my breast stinks because I kiss you when your stinks. Like, I think that's what I was going for. Right. Right. But it didn't end up happening. (laughs) Well, but her ego came into play and goes. Oh, well, why'd you have to be a dick about that? I was just being honest. Yeah. That's the ego right there. It's it's how you take that feedback. It's how you take those discussions. And my biggest challenge in all of my 20s was my ego taking over everything. And I think that ego is really what makes you take things personally. If it If it damages your ego, you take it personal, you're hurt by it, all that. And the more that you can remove that from the equation, the less the things they do that bother you are really going to affect anything. But I don't think that people are really ready to take on their ego, generally speaking, because you feel like you would allow disrespect if you got rid of the ego. Just imagine if this whole God and Jesus thing is true, right? Just imagine... How many fights Adam and Eve got into? Right? Yeah, and then the reason why we're here, there were so many fights. Eve went over, they said "fuck you, I'm out," and found some other dicks to suck instead, and had kids with them. What other dicks then, were there on uh, Earth? She found something. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it would be awesome to go back and like watch how all that worked out. The oh, first oh, relationship. Oh, <laughs> Oh, Eve, you know, eat that apple. Oh, I made you wheel. <laughs> We're not supposed to know how I, uh, we all made yet. You ate from Tree of Good I, and Evil. I watched a old you 90s naked. movie earlier today. Uh, Indecent. You watched Inde- what? Indecent Proposal. Do you remember that? Do you know what that is? Uh, Sisters speaking in relationships. No. De- Demi Moore, Woody Harrelson. All right. 90s. No. Where this rich, handsome guy offered a million dollars for his wife for one night. Remember? Remember that movie? No, but I think I've, I'm aware of the premise. I don't think I've ever seen it, though. Now, they talked about it, and then they took the offer because they were broke, and that is a lot of money. Yeah. Okay. So, she went out with them. They had sex because that's the whole point, right? That's the whole point of the proposal. Mm-hmm. And then they come back. Everything's fine. And then his ego comes in and wants to know everything of what happened that night. Exactly. And guess what happened? It, it fucked everything apart. up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, honestly, I would never be able to do it. I know it's a lot of money, but I know that would happen. It's not worth the money to lose someone that you found, like someone special to you that you want forever. Right. Or yeah. like, for example, if you're dating this girl and her dad doesn't like you and he offers you a million dollars to never see her again. Yeah. Like, fuck you, dad. No matter how much money you threw at me, it, I think that would only make me want to be with her more. God, dude. But then I, but then the ego comes in and you go, well, if you tell her what you did, She's always going to owe you and then she'll be faithful or whatever. The ego, the ego is the part of your personality that can't accept its shortcomings and is looking out for, (laughs) (laughs) and it's also looking out for what's fair. And the thing is people love to say, well, life's not fair and I get it. Things aren't always fair until something unfair is happening. And then they just go, well, that's not fair. It isn't fair. And I do it as much as anybody, but my, my target in my thirties has been to try and eliminate the ego and be more infinitely flexible. But then people go, well, you're going to get walked on. (laughs) And sometimes it feels like you get walked on, but that's your ego coming back and going, dude, you got to stand up for yourself. You're not getting your fair share. You're not getting a relationship that you want, but it's like, no, the relationship I want is with her. So maybe you there's know, things about my, me I need to change to facilitate that. Growing up with me and my family and like the parents, you know, my dad till this day, he's not very, he doesn't show emotions very well. Right. Yeah. He, even with my, my mom, maybe behind closed doors, he's really old fashioned. I think I got some of that. Right. Yeah. I, I, I don't show, 
I get weirded out with their band when they're like, oh, hey, guys, I love you. Or, or you guys are trying to show emotions. And I'm like, I'm just going to go stand in the corner. <laughs> like, I, I get Well, thanks it. for throwing the band under the bus. Well, no, no. I'm just <laughs> saying, like, the band, you, you guys have moments, right? And I'm supposed to be involved in them as you well. Are. I am, but I stand back because I just get weirded out. And I, I get that from my dad, I think. Yeah. And it sucks because I want people to know I do care. And I'm just weird about showing emotions. And I think it, it doesn't affect in relationships, which is totally weird. Like, I could show emotions all day with someone I want to be with and, like, they'll let me have sex with them, you know? That's how guys are wired, though. That's uh, natural. Is, it's not just me? Is that what you're saying? It's not just you because even though, you know, in the band we'll sometimes be like, oh, I love you, man, or whatever, like, that's easy to do because it's still a degree of separation from your true feelings about somebody. Yeah. The, the difficult stuff that that you're talking about being intimate with people that are like not your girlfriend yeah. is I, I think that there's a buffer there on purpose because the more you let people in on that level and the more you're vulnerable with them, the more that whatever they can say or do to you is going to hurt you. Mm. And so we, we choose a relationship and we choose a person and it's not like as soon as you started dating your girlfriend, you instantly told her all of your darkest secrets and your biggest fears and all of the things you knew I were have wrong some with you. Shit I will take to the grave. Sure. Yeah. And that's your right. But the thing is <laughs> when you, when you I say, I want to be with this person, you slowly start to let that stuff out. You slowly, you know, as the context or the timing or, you know, the level of intimacy increases, you slowly start to be like, yeah, well, you know, I was touched when I was two or what, whatever it is. It, that comes out slowly. It's never meant to be something that you can just throw at somebody in a random situation. That should make you uncomfortable. Can't throw it people like a baseball? Who, yeah. People, if someone just met you and was like, oh, by the way, I was molested five times growing you up, know, you'd be like, actually, why are you telling well, me? Wait, what are you, dude, there's actually people like that. There I mean, are. And you're like, why are you telling me this? Exactly. Right? I just met you. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think that now, what you're talking about is built into us so that we don't come off crazy now do do you think those people that tell us shit right away are, are they the normal ones or and are we the crazy ones you know is there really a defined definition of what's normal and what's not anymore? there's not there's yeah. not and the thing is i i think that normal is more a it, I, it's a idea of social acceptance. i don't think there's ever a normal relationship right there's it's not it's just what works for you yeah that, that's it and normal as a word, I think just means socially acceptable. Yeah. And within that construct, it's not normal or socially acceptable to walk up to someone and just unload all of your bullshit on them unless that person's a bartender. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many Bartendies. people I met that were like that because they feel like that's your job. Really, your job is to pour them poison, but mm. they just want to tell you everything. Bartending 101. Yeah. But I, I think that there's a buffer built into people to protect us because the stuff that you keep back from people you're not close to is the stuff that would really hurt to have thrown back in your face. Hmm. So I think that there's a really good reason why you may have trouble being intimate on some certain levels with people that are not your girlfriend. And the fact that you're able to with her means that you're normal and you're, you're, you're being I intimate, normal. You know? Shit. Yeah. That's somewhat, uh, man, that was really, I don't, I'm not trying to end the show. I was thinking maybe we should, maybe I should tell a joke or something. You know, no, unless, you're, you're not really funny. Unless, oh well, yeah, oh <laughs> well, yeah. Watch oh, this. is this for your new stand-up? Yep. Okay, ready. Well, here before we get into that, I just want to kind of close down well, that yeah, last section. Uh, then let's just say that uh, we hope you learned some inf valuable information from us today, and we know we're not the only ones, and we know that you have fucking issues as well. And, and one thing that you're going to discover is if you start working on your own ego along with communication, it's going to be easier not to take stuff so personally or feel like it's unfair. That That's just some stuff I've been working on that I've learned that I'm really trying to hold on to through all this. Because if I had been in this relationship five years ago, I would have been extremely frustrated. I definitely would have left well, by yeah. now. Like, like I said, right? I can tell you... Like, I'll tell you what I think, but like I said, I'm not going to judge you or the other person. I want right. you to live your own life. Right. All, all we can do is spit out little, like, advices or, like, what we see from the outside, like we were talking about. Yeah. But I'm not going to be like, you're fucking stupid. I just want you to be happy and live 
what you want to do. Right. You know? And we, we talk about the issues more than we talk about the good times because there's nothing funny or interesting or in talking about, oh, we had a really nice day over in fucking shenanigans Le Conner or something yeah. and we looked at antiques it's we had like, no, fun nobody at fucking cares. Olive garden yeah nobody cares about that they want to hear about what makes you like everyone else and what makes us like everyone else is the struggle so don't take any of this as us not loving our girlfriends and that's why we've kind of kept some information behind because ultimately i don't want them to be looked down on or anything for the things that we are struggling with because this show is just about us and it's so, not really looking down upon. I love, it's just us talking about our issues and then yeah. trying to relate with everybody else. Yeah, but ultimately, no matter what we said earlier, I absolutely do love my girlfriend. I know Lick, Nick, <laughs> Lick, Lick does. Lick over Lick. here does. Um, and so, yeah, that was just us trying to kind of talk through some stuff. This is the show's always been like therapy for us. Sometimes I talk more on the show than I do with anybody else. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. This microphone, while scary at first, ultimately provides freedom. Yeah, it's a freedom of And within that therapy. freedom, let's go ahead and hear your joke. Okay, joke number one. I think this is a good I came up with. Okay. I'm just going to read what I wrote, but it's not really going to be like how I tell the joke, right? All right. Because I'm still working on that. So, number one, I always wondered if the eternal flame was made by lighting your fart on fire and have the flame of that fart get sucked back inside of you internally hence the internal flame that that's a good one i know that's a good one that's a good one all right i'm I'm gonna see if i can find a quick joke that i can mention on here to oh yeah we can go back and forth a little bit oh you want to go back Um, and forth okay stand-up comedy joke time okay all right here's one Um, okay so this joke isn't even done. This is just a thought I had that I want to develop into a bit. Uh-huh. But the the question is, you'd go up on stage and go, so I want to ask everybody, how has meth affected you? Yeah. And then you, you know, hear whatever and then go. So, well, the way that it's affected me is that now I can't get Sudafed at Rite Aid without submitting to a background and credit check. So that's Oh, sucks, yeah, you know? that, that's a good so, one. So it's not like a f- polished punchline yet, but that's kind of the premise that no, I'm going well, with. Well, that's kind of funny because you bring up meth, but they're like, what, why the fuck is he talking about meth? Yeah, right and, and, and if you, you say how sort of affected you very, yeah. very sincerely, they're going to think, oh, someone in your life did it. It's like, no, now I just can't get Sudafed without a fucking background check. I wrote this stupid one. All right. Let me see if you get it, okay? When someone comes up to you and tells you I had the best fisting last night, <laughs> you are probably dumb and always have your mind in the gutter. Because what they really said was, I had the best fish sushi last night. The salmon was to die for. Hmm. Needs work. I think there's a d- decent premise I was there. trying to find a fishing word that would rhyme with fisting, and <laughs> sushi doesn't. So I, I was trying to work with something. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right. So here's another one. Um. All right, so whenever I visit my parents, they have this cute little dog now who's become like a child to my mom. Uh-huh. It's kind of weird sometimes. Like she'll, she, she just treats him like one of us. So whenever I go visit them, I always like to take a second when I'm alone with the dog to remind him he's adopted. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here, here's another stupid one. Here's uh-huh. one. If scientifically speaking, it takes an average of 364 licks to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop, then they must be the worst dick suckers in the world. Because I know girls or guys that could lick that hard candy so hard it would explode in their mouths. Like you. Yeah. <laughs> That's not bad. Yeah. And yeah. then it turns from a Tootsie Pop into uh, Pop Rocks. Uh, pop, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm an optimistic hypochondriac. That means that I'm the type of person to think, I am sure... That all these symptoms mean I have cancer. Yeah, but probably just the curable kind. Just, <laughs> God damn it. Um, yeah, yeah. That's a, I had, like, joke ideas I wanted to write, like the Friends TV show, right? Yeah. Relating to, is that how friends are supposed to be? Another one was, if vaping is for D-bags, I was trying to find, like, well, smoking must be for, like, you know. I, I wanted to say fags, right? Because they call the cigarette fags in, like, other states. But I didn't want to say the word faggot. You know what I mean? They don't do that in other states. They do that in England. Well, yeah. I was just... I wanted to... (laughs) And then... uh, Oh, another one I'm going to write about is how you can't lie to your kids anymore, right? Because we have Google and Siri and stuff. Because when your kids are younger, you can be like, Oh, no. The park's closed today. Sorry. Or this place closed. (laughs) And then now they can be like, Hey, Siri. How long does the park close? Yeah. Yeah. See, now that, I think, has some serious potential. Yeah. So, and then... uh, Oh. Oh. Oh, back, 
breakup notes. Remembering breakup notes from middle school, right? Yeah. I remember. I wanted to write a joke about how one of my friends, his name was Corey Davis, and he was like one of those fat little schlubby kids, you know. And he had a hot girlfriend for some reason in middle school, but then they broke up, which I think ironically is because she realized he's an ugly piece of shit, uh-huh. and his defense mechanism was. Well, we broke up because she smelled like cat piss. And I wanted to be like, well, does she bathe in cat piss or something? So how does she fucking (laughs) smell like cat piss? I wanted to work on that one and turn it into a funny joke because I just think that's funny. Fair enough. uh, I've been working on one also because the the last bar that I worked at, Fuego, when the previous owners owned it, it was kind of a swingers bar. They were into that lifestyle and all that. And a lot of the customers... Are you talking about swinging dancing or swinging boning? No, like... Like trading like, spouses or like open relationship oh, type stuff. Yeah. And so I, I was, ironically enough, these cops walked by one day after the bar got new owners and I was doing a fill-in shift there. They were asking, you know, how, how it is now that there's new owners and stuff. And I mentioned that. And I was like, yeah, you know, one of the weird things is it used to be a swingers bar. So when I was at work, I'd be in, you know, walking through the, the bar or something to deliver a drink and you get your ass grabbed. Yeah. It could have been anyone because you're a swingers <laughs> bar, you know, and 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 they kind of laughed about that. And then I was like, yeah, but, you know, when it's a straight bar and you walk through the crowd and no one grabs your ass, it's like doubly. It, it like it sucks doubly. You're just like, oh, no one wants. Me. Oh, oh, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. I'm still working on it, but that's kind of the this premise. Be a good one where I was thinking about this when you walk into the bathroom and you have the whole urinal section of yourself and you're thinking, wow, I have the most biggest dick right now. Because there's no one here standing next to me. And then a black guy walks in and you're like, oh, I guess I have the smallest dick in the world. I wanted to do something like that. And I know I can make that funny, but I need help on trying to figure that out. Because you do, you're like, oh, I have the biggest dick right now. There's nobody here. See, to me, that sounds like if you're writing that as a joke for stand-up, that sounds like one where you'd want to be writing it mostly so that you could do pantomime. That's funny. Yeah. You like know, like a- if you walk into the, the bathroom and you see all the empty urinals, instead of just saying, and you think you have the biggest dick in the world, you walk in and you're like, yeah, you know, and like, like you pantomime yeah. things. And then, you know, as you're standing there all proud, then the guy walks in and you look down and instantly it's like three inches smaller, <laughs> you know, something like, like that. Yeah, I thought that could be something funny. I, I've been writing down ideas I want to write for jokes that help. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I, I know I'm going to bomb. I know this. Not necessarily. I know I'm going to say all those jokes that I said earlier. I don't care. The stupid Donald Trump. Well, let's one. work on them first. And then, so yeah, I mean, it's only five minutes or and shit. It's almost, it's like I'm, what I'm doing now, but there's nobody here. I mean, they're watching me, but what's the difference? You yeah. Know? Once, once they've seen this, you're already off, you know, masturbating yeah. in your bedroom and the video has been posted for Fucking hours. Forget about it. Forget about it. Forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any other bits you want to work on? Uh, no, that's all that's in my notebook. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, I've got some bits that I've written out that are just like all kinds of things, Uh random thoughts and all that. I mean, it would be nice if you can bit out your penis because it's so small. Those eight pixels. Damn, dude, you need at least 16 for them to feel something (laughs) like this. This really happened and I don't have a punchline for it or anything, but as everyone knows, I've been a douchebag vapor for a long time. I see it, yeah. Okay, and yeah. and I finally encountered a moment that I never thought that I would. But there's this old woman smoking a cigarette mm-hmm. who decided to look down on me. And she goes, oh, you know, those things are bad for you. And I was just like, how fucking backwards is the world that now smokers somehow think they have the moral high ground yeah. over vaping? That's why I you think know? it'd be a funny joke. That's why I was like, well, if vaping is for douchebags then what are smokers you, you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. i wanted to turn so i guess into... that bit's kind of similar yeah yeah um hey you think i should st- still tell my michael jackson monkey joke should i still try to work that in there i mean yeah i think it's a good bit it's just all that we've got to do is Leave figure me alone. out i'm having a party with the boys in my bedroom well here, here's the thing about stand-up is that whenever i've tried to write it my my number one goal is to try and figure out the types of things I say and do in real life that make people laugh mm-hmm. and try and write it in a way that I can do that on stage and recreate it. Yeah. And you're clearly a funny person. We just got to figure out how to capture what makes you funny and make sure you can recreate it on stage. Uh, That's well, really the goal. I think, I think if I'm just myself, I'm just naturally funny because I do stupid facial expressions that I don't even realize I'm doing. Given. Yeah. But I think that to do stand up because you're performing, 
you need to spend some time in the mirror and, you know, just be talking or whatever and notice, oh, I pulled this face when I said that and this person laughed. I need to learn how to recreate that face so that you can do it on stage because on stage, even the comedians who seem like they're just being themselves Mm -hmm. have worked tirelessly on every word that they're putting in there. They might throw some improv in if they've got a lot of experience with that. Oh, yeah. But ultimately, they have written down all these jokes. They have organized them in a very specific way. That's why comedians don't I like know. hecklers usually is because they throw them off of that. It's like a set list for songs in your head. Mm. Only instead of the song titles, it's jokes. I know for a fact I can get stupid, stupid laughs with that Donald Trump joke. Yeah, but is all you want stupid laughs? I I wanted one stupid laugh. (laughs) Fair enough. (sighs) All All right. right. Well, this is Cheeky Shenanigans, the love affair show. Hopefully you guys stuck it out through all the relationship slog. Yeah, it's a relationship. Enjoyed the comedy bit a little bit. Our our commercial says, hey, if you want love advice, take it from us. Not really, but you know. No. Yeah. There's only two things you should take from us. Relationship advice and anal. I love <laughs> anal. See, I I don't love anal. I just wanted to say it. I'm indifferent to it. It's whatever. If it's, that's what the girl wants, fine. But I I could care. Maybe less. if they douche their butthole first, I'll do it. Even then, it's not about that. It's just like it's not that I don't want to do it. It's not something I ever crave. You know, I just love knowing it hurts them at the same time. <laughs> now there's a bit for you. See, guys, I love anal. Not because it feels really tight and good, and not even because. You know, if the girl wants it, but I just love knowing that I'm getting off and hurting them at the same time. You know, something like that. And then punching them right in the face. Yeah, but then you instantly <laughs> have to say something non-rapey or serial killer Non-rapey. Afterwards to make sure that everyone knows that you were just What joking. if you just walk right upstairs onto the fucking stage and the only word that you say is non-rapey. That's it. And then you're silent. That'd, that'd be like an Andy Kaufman thing right there. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, uh, like I, one thing I love to do, I might try this on stage is sometimes in a real conversation, I'll be like, well, I don't want to sound racist, but, and then I'll say something totally non-relevant to that. Like, I don't want to sound racist, but I really like that sweatshirt on you. And they'll be like, that doesn't sound racist. (laughs) Well, good. I didn't want to sound that way. (laughs) You know how I know that you're gay? Hmm. Because you listen to Coldplay. Oh, yeah. See, all of my comedy is subverting <laughs> expectations. Like my bit about the the pants yeah. and, you know, the being black half guy. black. Yeah. That, that has nothing to do with even the racist side of it. It's about subverting the expectation that they think I'm about to make like a, a dick joke about black people. And instead, I make a racist joke completely different about them. What about a joke about getting older and not being able to get a boner? That that could work if you're subverting the expectation that if you if your setup makes it sound like you're about to say that you're going to have a bigger dick and then you say something else, not even wouldn't even have to be about a smaller dick. You could say something completely unrelated that gets a laugh because you're subverting where they think that this is going. I don't want to sound like a racist or nothing, but you look really nice today. Barney was an awesome dinosaur. Yeah. I don't want to sound rapey, but uh, this house has a lot of square feet. <laughs> and, and then people are like, well, that doesn't sound rapey. Oh, good. I didn't want to. <laughs> I don't want to sound like a queer or nothing, but yeah. you have a really I think nice Depeche ass. Mode's a sweet band. <laughs> All right, I don't want to sound like a queer or nothing, but I'd like to make love to you tonight. I, w- I would love to. See Orgasmo if you haven't seen it. Do I look Great gay movie. when I do this? No. Yeah. Unless you're trying to look like a gay guy you've seen do that. I have. <laughs> you know me, baby. All right, guys. Well, hey, thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed the real first half of this and yeah, the, the kind real. of comedy workshop at the second half. Is this bugging you right now? A little bit because now all that you're doing is staring into the camera and doing that <laughs> instead of helping me with the outro. Hey, outro. What's your name? You want to go out tonight? <laughs> oh, he's not going to do anything? I would love, love to make sweet love to you. I love going on long walks on the beach, naked, candlelight dinners. And this is how an 80s date fucking thing would work out. An I, 80s date video? Yeah. <laughs> I was just waiting for you to you get want it all out there. Mustache ride. Here, real quick, real quick, to yeah. end the show. Why don't you give us a one minute 80s style dating video about you? Ooh, like a real, like a joke, me? Well, I mean. Be genuine, but you can be funny at the same time. I don't know. Let's try this. All right. Uh, 80s vibe. 80s. Think 80s. Hey, 
My name is Nick, and uh, I'm on here because I want to meet somebody uh, fantastically beautiful and has a great sense of humor and maybe rich. I don't know. I uh, love going on walks, and I would love to write a song for you. And I'm only here because my mom told me to try this, and I'm giving it a shot. So, yeah, if you would uh, love to hang out with a guy like me, I would love to make sweet, sweet love to you. So, please, <laughs> check me out. <laughs> not bad, not bad. All right. Um, I, I guess since you tried it, I probably should, too. You should do this, and then we'll make this our, our cool clip. The promo. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> hey ladies mom get out of here i'm making a video hey ladies um <laughs> does your parents drive you crazy too i know right uh so my name's jesse i'm a fun loving guy um i i loved